This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We are so excited. We have a very special guest today, one that you guys have been requesting. We have Bryant Horowitz here. He was on the show so many episodes. He was a butler at the Playboy Mansion for so many years, even more years than I knew. I was surprised to find out. So we are so excited to catch up with him. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, can I just say, before you even get into it, I know our fans are going to be so excited about this because I've seen so many people say, you have to have Bryant on, or so many comments about how much they love Bryant on the show. Still, to this day, people love you. That is very flattering, and uh, to that I say thank you. <laughs> and you're Dr. Bryant now, right? I am. I am Dr. Bryant. That that's, is so cool. That's so impressive. Yeah. You were going to school the whole time you were working at the mansion. The, uh, the entire time, and even after I graduated. But I I went the long way around. So I started at community college at Santa Monica College. And um, as an 18-year-old, I got uh, my first chance to work there, to work the parties. And through undergrad and then grad school, um, the whole time I was there, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that was actually my next question is, how do you get hired for the Playboy Mansion? Like, how do you even find out there's a job there? And how does that happen? Well, I get asked this question probably more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. and basically, so it's the way I describe it is is that it's like a catering gig. Um, you, it's word of mouth because uh, if you put an ad out in the paper or online, you're going to get everybody and their mom trying to get in, and then you have to sift through that and figure out who's relevant, who's going to just mess around, right? So, basically, a friend of mine got in. Um, Hank hired my friend Justin, and my friend Justin requested my friend Anu. And I was going to school and carpooling with Anu, and he said, everybody and their mom asked me for a job at the mansion, but you don't ask me. Why, why, don't, why don't you ask me? And I said, because you know how I work, and I know you know my reputation, so I'm not going to bother you with that. I'm just going to, you know, if you want me to work there and you know that I'd do a good job, then you would ask me to work there. He said, you know what, you're right. So I got to work a party June 8th, 1997. I still remember the date. What party was it? It was just one of the small Cedar sinai um, fundraisers. They did the BNC List Celebrity Tennis Tournament. Oh, the tennis tournament. We were just talking about the tennis tournament. tournament. (laughs) So I I just remember seeing the, the silent auction items there, and I walked in, and it was just insane. But... That was it. You start out working parties, and then if they think you do a good enough job when they need people to fill in shifts in the house, then you can do that. And yeah. I worked my way all the way up. That's insane. Okay, so so then that means that the tennis tournament used to be in June because it moved to September. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They oh, must have thought it was too hot yeah, for doing that tennis 100%. tournament in June. <laughs> it was pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I want to go back to your schooling for a little bit. Tell us what you were studying. So I was always studying psychology. 
and I got my general psychology degree, and then I didn't know what I wanted to do, and for the first time in my life since preschool, I was like, I can just work at Playboy and for at least a year or two and figure it out. A and year that was, or two? Well, that, well, I mean, just, just, yeah, yeah. just Playboy and no school. Yeah. And that was the first time that I had freedom. So then while, you know, I was working there and I said, I, you know, what can I do? I'm not going to be at Playboy my whole life. Some people wanted to be lifers. Mm -hmm. That was never my plan. It was always to get me through school. So uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to go get my master's. So I went back to Northridge and I got my master's degree. And then while I was at Northridge, the reason I said I took the long way around is because I, I thought about getting the doctorate, but I didn't, because I worked at Playboy, I didn't have any extracurricular stuff. I didn't do any lab stuff. I didn't do any things to get ahead. Yeah. And so I did the master's program first, and then I got into UCLA to the PhD program, which was perfect because the mansion is literally down the street. Right. So, in fact, the first quarter that I went to UCLA, I was still parking at the, uh, at the old bunny house. Yeah. And then uh, Mary O'Connor was like, yeah, you're not working here full time, so you can't use the parking oh, lot. So then I, bummer. Then I had to pay for parking. <laughs> oh, no. but, uh, but it was great because there would be days where I would get a call up and they'd say, hey, the four o'clock shift called in sick. Can you make it? And I would say, yep, yeah, I'll just go down the street. There would be days where you would, uh, you know, they would say, uh, Bridget wants you to come in and read for you know, her horror script. And could you, could you do that? And I said, well, I'm literally down the street, so sure. Yeah. Okay, by the way, you and Brian were so fucking good in that read. It was Thank really you. good. So many of the staff were good. Like, yeah. I was, like, blown away. Thank I was like, too. wait, this is our cast. Yeah. <laughs> It should have been. That would have been amazing. I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But so um, you didn't work there. Though. So you worked there from 1997 yeah. to 2016. And but you weren't the longest person there. No, I was not. Not by a long shot. JD was the longest person there. Yeah. As far as a butler. Yeah. Um, and then Roman in the kitchen. I love Roman. Do you ever talk mm -hmm. to him? I have not spoken to Roman in a while, but I I think I still talk to Gabe, and Gabe sometimes gets notes of what Roman's doing. So. I love Roman. Please tell him through Gabe that I said hello. <laughs> I do talk to Dan Vandenberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Tell everyone what your job title was at the mansion and what that entailed. So the butler is pretty much the every person, right? So we fill in when somebody else isn't there or when they're short-staffed or things like that. So I started off as a temp butler, just working parties. Then I was an on-call butler, where I would have a couple shifts on the weekends. And then eventually I made my way up to shift leader. So I was the one in charge. If anything went wrong, I'd be the one on shift that uh -oh. was blamed yeah. <laughs> or, or talked to to make sure the rest of the butlers were in, in line. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back to school, I was back down to on call again. But yeah. the butler's main job was to set up and clean up for events to answer the phones. We were the switchboard. Oh my God, that was um, a job and a half. <laughs> we, we, we took care of the dogs. Um, sometimes we took care of the kids. We babysat, Carlina and I. <laughs> and uh, we would, sometimes we were asked to drive the limo. Sometimes we were asked to go off and get things for people. Uh, and we would clean the bedrooms. We used to uh, change the sheets, of course, and the master and things like that. So, Wait, the butlers did that and not housekeeping? Housekeeping did it, but the butlers um, did... Hef's room. We would uh, oh. we would change the sheets with them 
and we would be in there to um, you know refill the humidifier, help to take the laundry down. The, the housekeepers did the majority of it, but the butlers also came in and uh, helped out. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, when you before you started, did you have any like preconceived expectations? <laughs> <laughs> well, most people do. Yeah. Um, I you know a lot of people think that it's just nudity all the time and that there's parties happening twenty four seven. And they, a lot of people would be really shocked to know that most of the time it's kind of boring yeah. over there. Uh, but when I walked in, I think that the thing I was in most awe of was the size of the property and just seeing the animals in the zoo and yeah. the greenhouse, yeah. the size of the lawns, the video games in the game house, <laughs> uh, and just the sheer size of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, you know, you know it exists, you know what, what goes on, but not many people were able to see at that point. There weren't many cameras on, you know, videos or things like that. So when you walk in, it's just, it's just gorgeous. And that was before I even saw inside the house. Yeah. So I think that's what I was blown away by before anything else. Yeah, the grounds are amazing. Once you walk in the house, it's a little bit underwhelming, I feel like. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit dated. Yes. And then I don't know about when you first started, but when I first started going there, there's definitely a smell in the house. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of pets there. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah, and uh, I started during the, uh, when he was still married to Kim. Yes, tell us about this. How are things different? Yeah, tell us what's different, what was going on. Things were very different back then. Um, I would say that uh, there weren't big parties. No. Uh, All there were were the fundraisers in the backyard. He had his kids still Mm -hmm. living there, of course. Uh, So everything was pretty mellow. Kim ran a pretty tight ship. And so, you know, we didn't want to mess around because, you know, obviously you don't want to piss Hef off, but you really didn't want to piss Kim off because she was the boss. We actually had a sign in the pantry that said, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So we knew, <laughs> we knew who, who the real one in charge was that we had to make sure we played nice. Yeah. So it was very, you know, sometimes a little on edge, right? You couldn't just be relaxed. Wow. It seems crazy that it was on edge then when it was so much, should have been so much simpler. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus later when there's all these personalities and craziness going on. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, you know, there's a lot of people when they start working there that they're very intimidated by Hef. And I was never intimidated by Hef. But Kim had a personality that you were intimidated by. I was by. intimidated by Kimberly. Yeah, me too. I was like, run the other way. <laughs> yeah. um, there was, you know, rumors that if she didn't like you, you were gone just like that. I saw a couple of those instances oh, firsthand. Wow. Oh, so it wasn't just a rumor. <laughs> so uh, there was actually, when I first started, I worked three parties, and it was my buddy Anu that got me in uh, that, you know, I worked with him. And then there was one uh, party that I showed up because a friend of mine couldn't make it, and I kind of filled in for him. And then I heard from the bosses that uh, they're like, well, we can't bring you up because Kimberly was a little weirded out. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well... You know your friend Anu uh, that worked here? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we had to let him go because he was in the pantry talking to someone who asked him about his name. He was saying that his parents um, were Hare Krishna. He wasn't Hare Krishna, but his parents were. And Kimberly overheard that. And she said, I want him out of here. And his friend, I don't know if he is too, um, but let's not call him back for parties. Oh, no. And I was like, are you... 
are you serious? And this was probably October of 97. So Robert had told me, he said, look, I think that Kim's on the way out. If this is the case, at literally as soon as she moves out, we're going to call you for parties because we think you're great. February of 98. So there was that lull between <laughs> October of 97 and February of 98 where I had to get a real job just to make my car payments. Yeah. Uh, and then Robert was made good on his promise literally as they were moving out. He was like, hey, we have this thing coming up. <laughs> Hef's thrown a, a, a party to celebrate being single. <laughs> it was a uh, it was the first party that he threw when um, when Kim had left. She she didn't go far. She moved next door. Right, mm-hmm. right. With the kids, but it was a he called it a, a Valentine's Day disco party. Oh, and oh my that god! That was the first party that was thrown. That is so funny. After she had moved out, and they made good on their promise. They called me back, and everything was fine. And it's funny because when Kim and I actually met, she really liked me. So it was just the perception of like weirded out by stuff that yeah. that um, you know I almost w- didn't work there after two months, three months. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, for something that had nothing to do with you, too. Absolutely. And what's wrong with being a Hare Krishna anyway? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, I think there were certain things. Like, we yeah. heard rumors that one time she ordered a milkshake that had banana in it, and it had, I guess it hadn't been uh, blended well enough, and it had chunks in it, mm-hmm. and she was afraid that somebody, and this is just a rumor, I don't know if it actually ever happened, but we had uh, heard that she had it sent to UCLA to be analyzed. Stop it right now. No! I, think, I don't think that's true. But <laughs> just you know, a story that kind of grew out of nowhere. But the whole thing about like just the Hare Krishna thing that was weird. I I asked my buddy Anu. I'm like, hey man, like, what excuse did they give you when she when when you were told that you couldn't work there anymore? And he said they gave some BS excuse about like me picking my nose and then serving guests without washing my hands. Oh my god! And that's true. Oh <laughs> no! That she said that. But, oh, oh but not no, that he did, did that. it. No, he, oh. didn't, he didn't actually do that. No, 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 no. Oh no, no. It's true that she gave that excuse yeah. to to tell him not to come back. Oh my wow. god! Um, but yeah, her and I had you know we were we had a great relationship over the years. When she would when they'd have family night on Tuesday nights and they'd mm-hmm. come over with the kids, and I'm still really good friends with the boys. Yeah. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Yeah, good. That's good. Was there an orientation or anything when you get there? Not really. I think there was kind of a, it was like a very light NDA, but obviously you get trained. So the first day of work when I I would shadow somebody and they would, you know, for catering, for, for working parties in the backyard, 
All you're really doing is um, picking up cups and plates, um, making sure napkins and things are put out, um, uh, helping to restock food in the buffets and things like that. So it's really basic stuff. The real training is when I started working in the house. So when I started working in the house, that's when you get trained on this is where everything is, this is the buzzer, when it's hef, how we have to set up for the soup and the meals, and things like that. So the training, the only real training came when we were working in the house. Was there any rules that they told you, like, no flirting, no eye contact? Yeah, well, it wasn't eye contact, but it was a pretty stern, <laughs> don't fraternize with the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people that were there, it wasn't a big deal. You know, when people hear the word butler, they think standing up stiff yeah. with your hands behind your back and white gloves and all that stuff and it wasn't like that but that was the big rule is that you don't you know fraternize was the word that's Mm -hmm. the big word that Mm -hmm. was the big buzzword you don't fraternize with the guests especially when Kim was there we made sure obviously um do you think that was her role do you think that was Hef's role I think it was probably Hef's rule from before but I think that she obviously intervened and, and had her own interpretation of the rule. And uh, so, you know, because we knew that Hef never came down into the pantry, hardly ever. Yeah. But Kim would come down a lot. So we wanted to make sure. And, you know, you might think if he's happily married that maybe it's not as big a deal to talk to the girls. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, talk to the girls. I just mean, like, be friendly. <laughs> yeah. Because there, one thing that we had to figure out on our own was there's a fine line between, like, you have to be friendly, you have to be welcoming. A lot of these girls, they're coming to pose for the first time. They're barely, you know, some of them 18 or, or older, but they've never been in an environment like this. Yeah. And so the, the last thing you want to do is make them feel uncomfortable. Again, not in a flirty way, but you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable by, like, ignoring them or not being friendly. Right. So we had to figure out how to be friendly without it being interpreted as over-friendly, mm-hmm. right? And that's why, also, I'm, I'm going to bring this over to the first season of Girls Next Door really quick, because you guys may have noticed, watching the dailies and things like that, that the first three, four episodes of season one, we were very stiff. We were very um, non-confrontational. We knew that Hef would be watching these dailies, and we didn't want to make it look like we were too friendly. Absolutely. Because, again, Hef never came down into the pantry, hardly ever. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to worry about that when they were down there but when he's watching us and the cameras are on us then we're like uh and it was literally after like the fourth episode was filmed that burns came to me and he was like you guys gotta you gotta you know loosen up loosen up a little you know you're you're too stiff that's what i was trying to say um and so we were like are we allowed to and he said yes i promise i've made sure that it was okay and that's when some of those you know scenes with uh, kendra and i where she's you know being kendra and i'm allowed to like be myself mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know fear of getting in trouble yeah, and i had yeah. to tell the other butlers too because i was the shift leader back then i was like we're okay to do this yeah so that that rule was that was the number one rule right, right. yeah I mean, it was for us, too, that we weren't supposed to fraternize with them. But, like, we live there. And, like, we feel like your family... At least I felt like you guys were, like, partially family. And it's like, I don't want to just, like not go down and chat with them and sometimes you're bored and you just want to go chat with people yep. and hang out and yep. see what everyone's doing and get caught up so it was always a fine line and I knew that it was a fine line the whole time yeah you talked about parking over at the bunny house but where'd you guys park before there was a bunny house before there was the bunny house we would either park outside the front gate on the big hill or we would park down by the park at home oh, and have park to walk up the hill and have to walk up the hill uh. And so when, yeah, when the bunny house was there, we were like, oh. After they filmed the the reality show Mm -hmm. there, then it was, um, 
it was just used as storage or sometimes, you know, extra guest rooms for when the girls were there. So we were able to park there. Yeah. The full timers. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Not those part timers. Not those part timers. <laughs> you gotta go, fight, go park at the park. <laughs> <laughs> you have to walk and earn it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys used to have employee meals. We did. Was there like a favorite standout mansion meal? Something you miss? Like, you're like, oh, you know what? I could really go for that grilled cheese or something. I mean, for me, like, I used to, I've worked, and that's one of the, I worked every shift, right? I worked morning, I worked night, I worked graveyard sometimes. Um, my favorite was always, like, Roman's tuna melts. Ooh, Yum, that sounds We would good. work parties, we would work parties, and uh, afterwards, when everybody was cleaning up, it's 2, 3 in the morning, and we're hungry. So we would be hungry, it would be 2, 3 in the morning, and we'd be like, Roman, we'd be bugging him. Ramon, can, can you make us your famous tuna melt? And he'd always he'd always bark at us, but then he'd always do it. Yeah, because right? he's, he always, that's just him. He always had that, you know, like, tough guy attitude. Mm-hmm. But kind of like Joe Piastro, right? Yes, like oh, uncle, what like another uncle softie. Jo- like yeah. Uncle Joe, he was as soft as they come on the inside. Uh-huh. So he gave us the, the gruff look and the grunt, but of course he would do it for yeah. us. Yeah. And did you guys have, um, were your meals kind of the same as what we were eating? Like, I think Wednesday night was like turkey dinner night. Like, did you guys also have the turkey dinner for your lunch or um, dinner that day? So most of the time, um, buffet nights, we would have leftovers from the buffet because they'd be cooking that at the same Mm -hmm. time. Because our meal for dinner was 6 p.m. and the buffets would go 5.30 to 6.30. Uh So it would be dumb. (laughs) It would be dumb to make something completely different Mm -hmm. just for us. Breakfast would be whatever they wanted. Lunches sometimes, you know, because they weren't. That was just when people were ordering whatever they wanted. So they would have standard lunches and things mm-hmm. like that. But dinners would most like mostly be the same. Um, manly night, we would get, because they'd have to prep all of the things on the menu. Manly night was the only night where we actually had people order off a menu. Wednesdays, we would do turkey, because mm-hmm. that's what they prepared for the guests. Mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Tuesday and Thursday, when there was the only days when there was really nothing going on, they would it was chef's choice. Oh, fun. But most of those days, it was just whatever they were serving everybody else I miss the turkey dinner nights like as much as I love to bitch and moan about how Kevin treated us on the show like he used to come over on Wednesday nights and we'd be down in the living room we order turkey dinner laugh at the five videos that existed on YouTube at the time and I like miss those days Aww. <laughs> yeah. I miss going down to, I used to go down at night when like Hef was up definitely in the like in his room for the night mm-hmm. and I would go down and talk to Ramon all the time oh, yeah. and I was learning Spanish and I he, I, I said only speak to me in Spanish and okay so I was trying to learn and then I'd, I'd help him make food and we would just like hang out in the kitchen yeah. I had I keep one eye peeled make sure you know so <laughs> did we <laughs> but, we, we <laughs> had to as well yeah you know? but at the same time that's what and you were saying that like some of the other playmates that you have talked to said to say hi and that yeah. they remembered me fondly and things like that. It's because we were friendly. Mm-hmm. We were not predatory. We yeah. were not, you know, we were not creepy. Yeah. We were there to make them feel welcome. Yeah. You know, without being, again, without creepy. being creepy. Uh-huh. And for a lot of them, you know, a lot of people like uh, the triplets and like Carmela you were talking about and a lot of people when it was their first time there and, you know, you can't, you know, back away from that. Because people need to feel comfortable when they're about to do something they've never done before, something as scary as this. And you want to make sure that that they're okay. Yeah. So that's what we did. Yeah. I first tested for Playmate. They brought me out to the mansion to stay for like three days in October of 98. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous. They put me in the guest house and they said, a butler will be out here to show you around. And I didn't know if I could 
use the phone? <laughs> or was like, would I get in trouble because it's going to be long distance? Right. Remember when long distance was a thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to go walk around because I don't want to like go anywhere I'm not supposed to go. Can I take pictures? I don't even know if I could take pictures. Like I didn't know anything. Yeah. And it took like two hours before Jameson finally came out <laughs> and was like, ready for a tour? And I was like, yes! I, mean, like, I was literally like sitting on top of my suitcase just waiting for the butler to come to tell me what I could do or what I couldn't do. Yeah. And then he showed me all around. He's like, yeah, take as many pictures as you want. Here, you want me to take that for you? <laughs> like, taking pictures, <laughs> giving me the tour, telling me that I could, you know, order whatever I wanted. And I'm just like, how do you even, how do you even decide when you can order whatever you want? Like, how do you, it's like you can't think of one thing you want then. Yeah. It's really hard. I know it sounds <laughs> silly, but it's actually really hard to, no. like, think of something. We got that all the time. There's like a menu. Yeah. And then uh, they would just default to like chicken fingers or a salad or, yes. yeah, or a sandwich and made it easier on the chefs. So, you know, yeah. we weren't going to complain about that. Well, speaking of food again, did you have a favorite mansion dessert? Because we've talked about before the <laughs> drawers with the brownies and the Rice Krispie treats and like 10 different kinds of cookies and yeah. the HMH chocolate cake. and The chocolate the chocolate cake was great. The, the thing is um, they made Hef's oatmeal cookie, mm-hmm. right? So they, they made the regular oatmeal raisin cookie for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And then they had the really thin one, yes. the thin crispy one. And it was taboo because it was just for Hef. But Hef would almost never order it and they always had to have everything ready for him because he only had, you know, his what he wanted, his standard everything. Mm-hmm. And so you always had to have it on hand, but we would throw it out a lot. Right. So, you know, when we knew the cookies were close to, well, we're going to have to make a new batch because he never touched these, the HMH oatmeal cookie was my mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. And I it would, would feel, sometimes. It, it would feel a little forbidden. Yeah, because, of course. But I don't think he'd be mad if he knew that. No, because, no. Because, you know, there were 50 of he, them in the he drawer. He would only be mad if he wanted one and there was none left. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's the thing. Because I, I ran into that a couple times with him where he's like, what do you mean they don't have my blah, blah, blah? And I was like, we will have it tomorrow. We just ran out of it tonight. Because as we all knew, right, as long as he had what he wanted, there was no problem. Mm-hmm. But if... His strawberry of, cone. His, yep. Or, his, you know, if we... God forbid we ever ran out of soup. That would never happen because oh he had yeah. it every night. Yeah. But um, if there was something, and and the other butlers would be, if if we did run out of something, they'd be scared. They'd be like, "Can you can you tell him?" You like, tell him. <laughs> What's the big deal? <laughs> yes, I'll tell him. So. Well, those cookies also had like saran wrap over them, and it said HMH only yes. on it. <laughs> Again, that's why they, that's probably why they tasted better. Like you know, like food from someone else's plate sometimes mm-hmm. is a little more tasty. Yeah. Right. So that's why I thought you know those HMH oatmeal cookies were because yeah. they were a little forbidden. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. They were really good. Okay, let's talk about what it was like working at the holidays. Okay. Um, did you feel like it, like you were celebrating with family, or did you feel like you were working and you're missing your family? No. Uh, for me, until until I met the woman who's now my wife, for me, I didn't care much about holidays at home. Like things at home, we would do holidays, but it wasn't 
special. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they really tried to make it special at the mansion. Yeah. So we felt included. Mm-hmm. I always told Brian and Guy that I would work every holiday at the mansion if I could have Super Bowl Sunday off. That oh, was my holiday. Fun. So I said, "You, I'll work your Thanksgivings, your Christmases, your New Year's, all of that. And it was always fun to me because I felt part of the experience. Yeah. I remember there was a thing too. I think it was Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I could be wrong on that. Didn't they like um, have all the staff come into the dining room and then everybody would stand up and give like a standing ovation mm-hmm. and that was fun yeah yes like and that's, recognizing the staff and the yeah. chefs and everything and those were the only two days that they did that yeah but um it's okay we weren't uh, you know it's not like they shunned us the rest of the time yeah. <laughs> right um and sometimes a serving you know your best when you're out of the way mm-hmm. um things like that so we never we never felt slighted but it was really nice to get the little Recognition. That was my next question. Did it feel nice or did it feel weird? And like, it, it felt nice. Yeah, it felt good. nice for me. I, I think it was um, it was special, but it was not like oh my gosh. But for people who were always behind the scenes and the guests, they didn't see them all the time. The mm-hmm. people in the kitchen staff mm-hmm. and um, security guards and things like that, where they're, they're just kind of you don't even know they exist. You just know, right? You guys knew because you came down and mm-hmm. you went through the pantry mm-hmm. and you went into the kitchen and you went to security. I'd cut through the kitchen and get in trouble all the time. <laughs> but so those, and, and the servers that nobody knew their name. Because when we had the buffets, I, I don't know if you guys have you know said this, but we had the people serving. Mm-hmm. And those servers, you know, not many people knew their name. They could recognize their faces and mm-hmm. things like that. So those servers would get the recognition. And some of those... Um, you know, kitchen staff that just came in for Thanksgiving or Christmas would get the recognition and they would feel really special. Oh, that's good. And so I felt good about that because, you know, you know, I ha- I got to interact with all the guests yeah. and all the girls and everything like that. So it was, it was not, you know, I got to hear them say thank you all the time and, and give me recognition and things like that. But those other staff members, this was really special for them. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, I know. There's one other question I had about that, too. Okay. Um, so tips weren't allowed at the mansion, but on the holiday, there was one person that, like, gathered tip money from everybody yes. and gave it to the staff. I can't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas or... It was right around Christmas time. Okay. And mm-hmm. was that, like, did they... Was that good? Like, did that... Well, considering, like, people people often ask me about, you know, they're like, did you work there for the money? And I was like, honestly, they, they didn't pay a lot. I mean, when I was 18 and I started working there, minimum wage was six fifty an hour, and they offered me $8 an hour, and then they, cha- you know, went up to, like, eight fifty an hour. So at the time, <laughs> as an 18-year-old, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Right? That, that's good. And uh, But over the course of 18 years, I think my highest salary was, like, 16 bucks an hour, 17 So we didn't, you know, we, we didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I, this was always the... That's why I, I always, you know, question the people who are lifers. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you can't make a career out of this. I mean, I guess, you know, if you got other streams or something. But so when the when the tips came, it was nice. And during the parties, obviously, when there was no jurisdiction, people would offer us money and tips sometimes. And mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, things like that. Um, I used to... Uh, 
get wise. And uh, one of the things about the parties is that people couldn't leave because they got shuttled in. So if you get shuttled out, you're you're done for the night. You're not. People weren't going to mm-hmm. leave. And a lot of people never planned ahead. They drank a lot, and a lot of people who drank at the parties wanted cigarettes. And I never once smoked in my entire life, but I used to go to the liquor store. Or convenience store, and I would buy a pack of cigarettes because when people were drunk and desperate, they would pay twenty bucks a cigarette. Oh my god, that's a great idea. Yeah. that's amazing. Nice little side yeah. hustle. There. It, it was, and what we yeah, and we used to um, we used to share with the bartenders. So I would take you know I'd give them half of what I made because the bartenders um, collected tips and they would you know give them out to each other and then. With the extra money they made towards the end of, of the time, they would throw parties once a year with the tips Fine. that they made. And so I was like, I'm going to contribute to that because you know I want to be part of it. And so yeah. we got we got to be part of the bartender crew that, that see threw that's these the kind of fun, fun stuff I wanted to be a part of yeah, too. I'm cool. like, wait, I want to go do the staff stuff. <laughs> yeah. What would you say was the best party you ever worked? Like, the, what was your favorite party of the year? Uh, well, I'd pro- the, my favorite party of the year was Midsummer's, hands mm-hmm. down. But what, what about it, though? The, the, just the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it's right there in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. first Saturday in August. Yeah. So it's like, it's really in the middle of summer, and people are just ready to party. And, you know, a lot of people loved the, Hef used to say that the, the dress attire was lingerie or less. Yeah. Um, that wasn't necessarily the biggest allure. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. the biggest. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it just seemed like everybody was in such a good mood. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the party that most of the the big celebrities would show up. And then the, my, my second favorite, and I'm biased, as you know, because my birthday's Halloween. Yes. So Halloween was always mm-hmm. one of my favorite parties. Yeah. Um, so if you're asking me when, what was my favorite party, like singular, my birthday, as I said, is Halloween. And on my 21st birthday, my birthday was on a Sunday. And they always threw the parties uh, yeah, the Saturday, the Saturday yeah. before Halloween. Yeah. So um, that year, the party was on October 30th. And at midnight, it was my birthday, yeah. my 21st. So yeah. people are always, you know, memor- you know, what is your, your memorable time for your 21st birthday? So at the time, Sandy, Mandy, and Brandy were the girlfriends, and I had no idea that this was going to be the case, but at midnight, they stopped the DJ, they stopped the party, and there's a thousand people in the tent, and I'm standing in the back by the, by the house bar. Yeah. And they said, we want to stop the party because we want to acknowledge it's Bryant's 21st oh birthday. And they had everybody in the tent sing happy birthday. Oh my That's God. Amazing. I got to I, got to I wish there was a video of that. I mean, so, they probably exists there is somewhere. somewhere but maybe. Yeah, I'd, have have to, I'd have to go bug John Colato, but yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if the video existed of that, but it was, uh, it was really fun. It was really humbling. Um, I was very happy. And then uh, the boss was like, you know, take an hour off, you know, and do whatever. And that's, you know, I, I'm not one to have drank on the job very much. There's a couple mm-hmm. of instances. I was going to ask. I know, you I know. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple. Um, but that night, the bartenders wanted to do a shot with me. Yeah. The butlers wanted to do yeah. a shot with me. You know, kitchen staff wanted to do a shot with me. So I had that hour to kind of wander around and hang out and not have to work. And then I went back to my regular scheduled program. But yeah. um, that was really good. And then in uh, Midsummers of 99 was probably my favorite Midsummers party. That was the year after Titanic came out. Mm-hmm. And that's when DiCaprio came to the mansion. Um, and he was the biggest star in the world. Because we would get a couple of A-listers. We'd get a lot of B and C-listers, mm-hmm. as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in 99, that was the one where we can pinpoint 
Jim Carrey and DiCaprio, Seth Green, and you know there there was just a lot of yeah. a lot of celebrities. Julia McCullough invited George Clooney, so Clooney was there. And your favorite, you know, I know. And, and uh, Julie, and obviously from their growing pains experience and things like that. So they're really good friends, and Julie and I have always been really good friends. So mm-hmm. I remember being able to just like talking to Clooney for like half an hour. Um, the day after that party, I. Jim Carrey came back for Sunday movie night, and wow. I sometimes when when you guys went into the movies and it was my break time, I would go into the game house because nobody was in there, and I would just relax, play a game, sit on the couch, uh-huh. and just take my half hour break. Well, yeah. that day I walked into the game house thinking I would get my break, and Jim Carrey and some girl were Sunday girl were um, playing pool, and he asked me if I wanted to play pool with him, so I got to play pool with Jim Carrey, which was really cool. But as you guys probably know. I don't know if you remember, during the parties, um, my first job, my the, the primary job was to work with Elaine and Kenneth and help to get photographs. Oh. So any of the celebrities that came, what they needed help with was they would take the pictures, but sometimes if a celebrity was coming, we needed it for that page at the beginning of the magazine called The World of Playboy. Yeah. You guys know that because yeah. we made you <laughs> pose with so many people. <laughs> and so I used to work with the photographers to get celebrities either together, celebrities with playmates, celebrities with you guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we had to, and if they had people that we didn't know their names, I had to make sure to write their names down in order to make sure it was correct in the world of Playboy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I took those pictures. In 99, when DiCaprio came, he was the biggest star in the world. And we didn't have that a lot mm-hmm. all the time at the mansion, right? But we would get some, but this was like the biggest. This was like the peak yeah. Leo. Mm-hmm. And he was would, would tell Elaine and Kenneth, maybe later, maybe after I've had a few more drinks, maybe later. And so finally, about one in the morning, they were like, okay, we give up. We can't. We can't get him. And I was like, well, you know, we have the house camera that I always use when you guys go out, when we're taking pictures. And I said, you guys go. I'm just going to ask nicely if I can get his picture. Because, again, it's just for, you know, the photo gallery on the second floor or for the world of Playboy or both. Mm-hmm. And so he was pretty hammered at the time, and he was <laughs> hanging out with Seth Green. And so I walked up to him. and <laughs> I don't know why I said this, but, I, you know, I walked up to him, and I was like, Leo. And he said, yes. And I said... I have Hef's house camera. This is not for any outside thing. This is just for his photo gallery on the second floor, you know, maybe in the beginning of the magazine. And I said, bro to bro. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I've never said bro to bro to anybody before. But literally, that's, I mean, I was, you know, 19. (laughs) And I was like, bro to bro. I just need a picture of you and Seth for the magazine. I'll take, I'll snap two pictures and then we'll be done. And he looked at me very drunk and he said, okay, I'll make you a deal. If you pose in a picture with Seth and I, then I'll take one of just him and I. And I was like, okay. So then I had to find somebody <laughs> to take picture. my picture. And I, had, I have a friend named Heather. And this was Heather's first party or second party. And she was very starstruck. But I was like, Heather, I need you to do something for me. And I need you to not freak out. I need you to stand here and just take a picture of me with these two gentlemen. And she's like, but that's... I said, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So she took the picture. Then I got the picture of the two of them. And then I asked if they would take a picture with her because it was just nice. And they did. And so that picture obviously made it into the world of Playboy. And that picture made it into the photo gallery. And I was told it was one of Hef's favorites. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice. And Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
was there playmates or girlfriends or girls that just came up to the party that would try and flirt with the mansion staff? Yes. Yes, there were. And how um, do you handle that? <laughs> so I was, again, friendly. But, um, and sometimes if they'd had drinks, they would be coming in and, and things like that, you know, like, so I would just try to remain as professional as possible and kind of keep my distance if that was the case. I mean, there was, there was one actress there that wanted to date me and we did for a couple months. But that's, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, mo- but not, yeah. not a playmate, not a playmate. Um, yeah. most, most of the time though, you know, any advances were just like, we know you're drunk and you know, best suited, not for me. Yeah. So again, I was there for 18 years. So yeah. if anything happened, I wouldn't have been there that long. So. But we heard stories. Okay. We've heard stories of not you, of course. Right. Yeah. We heard stories of like uh, girlfriends. Yeah, I heard there was a girlfriend, and it happened like right before I moved in. A girlfriend was having an affair with one of the butlers, and they had sex on the tiger print couch behind the movie screen. The most comfortable couch in, in the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I ever slept there. <laughs> uh, yes, that is true. Um, again, I, I did not. I did not partake in that, mm-hmm. and I don't name names. Yeah. No, course, we're not naming names. But there, there, is, there has been instances of that. Yeah. Going on. Those people did not last eighteen years. Yeah, <laughs> correct. I also heard that somebody was had like something going on with one of the security guards. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's oh, wow. true too. Yes, that is, I love that is this. true. Yeah, intriguing. Yeah. Wow. Are there any we don't know about? You don't have to name names, but I mean, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a lot going on. There's yeah. probably stuff. I mean, I was there every day almost, but there's stuff going on that I didn't know about as well. Wow. You know, until yeah. maybe way later, or maybe I don't. Maybe I never heard in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yes. What about like that era when? Or actually, I maybe I shouldn't say that what era it was because I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Girls that lived there that had eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Are you? Were you guys aware of that in the man at, in the pantry? We were, as I told you guys, the butlers were everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And you guys knew that, so we were the first source of information for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What happens when somebody has a disorder? If they're ordering in a certain pattern, we're the ones they order from, mm-hmm. right? So we are the first ones that were aware of any problems mm. and. Uh, so it was one of those things where just like knowing you're not allowed to fraternize with people, we also didn't know if we were allowed to tell people these things because it would affect our jobs. And I remember, obviously we told like Brian and Guy Mm -hmm. and things like that. But like when it came time to, it's like, did they, are the house managers the ones that tell Mary O'Connor? Or are we, we obviously wouldn't tell Hef, uh-huh. you know, and I think at first Mary didn't believe some of these things mm-hmm. and Hef obviously didn't want to believe any of no. these things. Yeah. So, um, but yes, we, we were the ones that were most aware of things that were going on. Isn't it interesting how they didn't want to believe it? Because I had concern for somebody and I shared it with Mary and Hef because I know 100% it's happening mm-hmm. and they didn't want to believe me. Like they just... Yep didn't don't want to be bothered no and I'm like no I'm trying to save this person like I'm not trying to like I love this person I'm not trying to get this person kicked out I want this person to stay but something has to be some sort of intervention needs to happen ignorance is bliss right yeah but um yeah so so that was that was one of the harder things Mm -hmm. is having to deal with that sometimes we'd have to change staffing around it and Mm. you know eventually it's gonna they're gonna figure something out but it was really hard because again as a staff member we kind of stayed in the background Mm -hmm. 
And so it's not our place to even say anything. We go to our house managers and then what they do is up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about drugs and stuff too? Was it pretty apparent when people were? Yes. I would say that there, there were obviously drugs and paraphernalia around. And again, it was very discreet. We would report to our superiors, Mm -hmm. and then um, what happened from there was on them. Because one thing that I feel like people don't realize is they think mansion, and they just think like crazy partying, drugs, like alcohol, everything and stuff. But Hef was really against most drugs. He was. At the mansion. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he had a few of his own, but he was against most of the stuff that was going on there. Yep, absolutely. Especially with the girlfriends. Oh, yeah. Even though they were imbibing. (laughs) Right, of course. Um, The only thing that he didn't really care about was marijuana, of course. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was really funny. There was a story from when I first started working there. We used to uh, dress down in the basement. We had our own locker rooms and things like that to change. And when I first started working there, there was um, one of the butlers... One of the full-timers was downstairs. I guess he was smoking weed in the in the locker room, but it was right by the vent that goes into the Great Hall. <laughs> oh, my so, God, that's so funny. Hef, Hef uh, apparently smelled it through the vent. Wow. And then he said to the house manager, he said, you better tell them to either share or get arrested. As a joke. <laughs> yeah. Because he, did, he really didn't care. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, with, with with drugs again, he was really against that. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of illicit. Obviously, you know, I've cleaned things off the sink in the bathhouse during parties, and mm-hmm. we know, you know, upstairs sometimes we'd see it from some of the bedrooms and things like that. But again, we were as discreet as possible. Yeah. Speaking of the basement, because you, since you mentioned it, mm-hmm. let's talk about those, and I'm saying this in quotes, you guys, for those that aren't watching, the secret tunnels. Oh, the secret tunnels, which <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you do not exist. Right? Yeah. I was like, I used to go, Brian and I would go exploring, and I would go exploring because I'm just that weirdo like that. Like, I love the basement, and I loved, I took it all the way until it went to dirt, and mm-hmm. there was just like weird stuff stored under there. Yeah. There are no tunnels. Like, I don't yeah. know no. what people want me to say. No tunnels. No Elvis room, right? That was another one. People used to think that Elvis had his own secret room there. Right. No, I've been uh, I've been over and under like you guys every inch of the mansion, and yeah. that none of that exists. I've even been in the basement under the game house. Yes. Which is quite extensive. Yeah. More than you think it's going to be. Yeah, I've only been in there once or twice, but uh, yeah, sorry, no Elvis room. So I'm like, is that the tunnels people are talking about? Because it's not really tunnels, it's just like an extra basement. Nope. I don't know. What about yeah. the vault in the basement? Do you know anything about that? The only vault in the, I mean, the only vault that we had was a wine cellar. There were cabinets of things in the basement, but there's no vault down there that... I mean, unless you guys saw something that I didn't. I never did, but didn't Brian say there was like a yeah, vault Brian that they told would me stack there. stuff outside of? Brian told me there was a vault that was the size of my bedroom. The size of your bedroom? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. He said about the size of bedroom three. Well, Whoa. If Brian said it, I believe it. But again, when we went down there, we weren't like looking, digging through things. Yeah. So if it was behind cabinets or behind a lot of stored stuff... I wouldn't have been digging for that. Yeah. Um, we just went down, you know, like to the maintenance area where there all the extra screws and stuff were and that dirt, those dirt patches that you were yeah. talking about and things like that. And of course, the little secret passageway to the gym mm-hmm. down there. Yeah. But yeah, but nothing, nothing extensive like people like to think. No, <laughs> not at all. Sorry. I know. I know. So I would like to know like what it felt like as far as from staff or from butlers when Holly and Kendra were, were and I were there compared to other eras. So I think, well, I mean, it, 
obviously you were there in the seven. And then and then and then it came. So was I. And and then it was pared down to the three. So I think it was kind of hectic. With yes, that's true. You were there too. Um, It was it was kind of crazy because I went from Kim and boring to then you know parties starting up and then the twins and the Sandy Manny Brandy era Mm -hmm. and then uh, then the seven and then you guys. So I think. At that point, we felt it was a little less hectic because it went from seven to three. We were yeah. finally paring down, yeah, in totally. a sense. So it was easier from our standpoint because we didn't have to worry about things. But um, but with with the seven, there were girls that were up till three, four in the morning Whoa. and things like that. So I think we felt it was a little more calm. But then when the show came, obviously that's when we were like, oh wait, now we're being filmed, yeah, and we have to do our job. So we're trying to walk through the pantry and all these things and we have to now avoid cameras and that's when we were like we're not sure how to act and things like that so it it was definitely different Mm -hmm. with your era because we were initially i gotta say we were initially shocked that not that e wanted you guys to do the show we were initially shocked that hef was okay with you doing the show because we knew he was happy to have his girlfriends. He was happy to show them off. The one thing he never wanted was for them to be bigger than he was mm-hmm. in that sense of fame. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we were taken aback a little bit like, oh, he's OK with this. So it was definitely different in your era than it was like before. And then afterwards, it was different again. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think it, it felt a little more structured. Yeah. When we were there. I mean, I remember when Holly had her own menu brought down. <laughs> the kitchen staff was like, "Huh? What?" I did. <laughs> you did. There was a time when you uh I think it was right after, yeah, right right when the three of you were or the the two of you were coming in, you had your own um you had your own menu and and like you were saying at the beginning, you're like, "Maybe we should have had our own like our own menus and Yeah, cuz like it would have made it easier. Holly actually did have a menu. Once. I'm jealous of um, that. <laughs> was that like my favorite meals numbered like half had? It wasn't numbered, but yeah, it was a list of your favorite meals. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, we didn't have. Why we, do I not even remember that? I don't know. We, <laughs> we we didn't have to do standard sides, or, yeah. you know, presentation or anything like that. But I also remember when uh, when Bridget wanted her her Taco Bell menu, but healthy. <laughs> And that was really funny. We're like, okay, I'm like, okay, guys, you, this is this is this is what you want. This is what Bridget wants, and want we have to try to we have to try to to uh, to accommodate to make it. You know, yeah, I would try and do everything healthier. Like yeah. I was like, I want pizza, but I want it healthy. <laughs> like I do it on a tortilla with a. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, for for Kendra, the only the only time she was trying to watch what she was eating at one point. That I think this was on camera during one of the episodes where she she asked for uh, fried chicken to be made healthy. And I was like, oh, this was, and, this was, and this was before air fryer. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I told her, I was like, you're going to get fried chicken. It's only made one way, fried. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> before, I should have asked this before I asked about the um, Holly Kendra and I era, but... Do you know when Holly and I refer to um, the era before we got Kendra there as the Mean Girl era? The Mean Girl era. <laughs> Do you know what we mean by that? Like, were, was the staff aware of stuff that was happening? Yeah, I mean, again, butlers butlers were behind the scenes, right? Yeah. So we we yeah we we knew a lot of the stuff that was that was happening, and um, obviously we knew about like luggage that was being stolen and sold. Yeah. Online and things like. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier 
about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Like that. You never heard the luggage story? I don't know. Tell that me was before story. me, but I heard the story. They went on a big trip to Europe. They came back and the staff would always set everybody's luggage outside your door. So Hef's luggage was sitting outside either the vanity door, probably the vanity door vanity and door. waiting for staff to unpack it. But one of the girlfriends at the time saw an opportunity, stole the luggage with intent to sell his pajamas on eBay. Oh, I heard about the pajamas. I didn't that realize was, it was with the luggage. Yeah. luggage. yeah. So she got kicked out. But eventually yeah. her boyfriend at the time, after he broke up with her, returned the stuff to Hef. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But that was a little bit before us. Do you, do you know about the drama that was going on with us? Which are you referring to? <laughs> I mean, there was so much. It was such a rat's nest. Oh, yeah. We, we were aware of that. And vicious drama. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I was afraid to run into them in the hallway. I didn't want to leave the room. Mm-hmm. It was like walking on eggshells. Yep, because sometimes after arguments and blow-ups, they'd come down and order food. <laughs> so oh. we, we got to, you know, be part of the aftermath, so to speak. But, again, didn't talk about it. They were just, we could see, pissed off and upset and... All of that stuff. And we're like, here, have some fries. Maybe that'll make you feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering how apparent it is to other people who are around. Uh, Well, like I said, butlers and security are pretty much up in everything. Mm -hmm. For the other housekeeping and those gardeners and, you know, uh, kitchen staff, you're not going to get much of the drama. But butlers and security were aware of most of everything going on. Yeah, I felt like that time period was so bad and so tense. There's Ugh. no way that everybody there couldn't feel that and mm-hmm. sense it and see it going on. I feel like even Hef's buffet guests kind of knew what was going on. Because remember when I yeah. made the Mean Girl cartoon? They were all dying laughing too. Like they got the joke. Mm-hmm. Some of them were more invested than others, yeah. Really? Well, I you mean... You kind of saw that? Like people yeah. talking about it? When you pick up everybody's plates every day, yeah. You, oh you, you can, you know. You can hear their side conversations and things like that. Again, wow. stay out of it. But. Yeah. I feel even more embarrassed just that all that was going on. Like, obviously, I knew Hef's guests were kind of aware of what was going on. Like, you could probably even see the tension at the dinner table. But even now, hearing that, that's so embarrassing that they were, like, talking at length about it. Like, I don't blame them, but... <laughs> yeah, a, a few of them. Um, I can but, guess probably who. But yeah, I'm sure you could. <laughs> but, you know, the ones with close seats, close uh-huh. ears. Um, but I think... You know, most of the guests always wanted to make nice Mm -hmm. because they were aware that this was free meals multiple days a week. (laughs) You know, one one of the most alluring things when I was talking about, you know, I didn't get paid very much. One of the greatest things during those years where I was working full time is I would eat all my meals at the mansion. Yeah. And so I didn't have to pay for food except for two days a week. So that low salary kind of made up for it yeah. when I had no free grocery food. bill. No grocery bill, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people knew that that was, you know, I mean, they wanted to be there, so they didn't want to um, screw up their relationship with it. So they weren't going to be overly involved or, you know, they may make their comments. Hef probably didn't listen or hear them yeah. half, most of the time, but that's, you know, but yeah, obviously if you're a butler there, you hear things, so. That reminds me, it was so funny. One day we were <laughs> outside. You know how they would have the buffet on Sunday nights outside at in the, the summer, smaller yeah. tables? We were sitting there and Hef was kind of laughing to himself and he was looking at 
some of the regulars who sat close to him and he goes, where are all these people going to go when I'm gone? <laughs> but he was, it was funny because he was just like laughing about it. Like, yeah. Where are they going to eat? Yeah. He, like, he what wasn't wrong. He I wasn't know. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have two questions based okay. on this. Um, do you remember there's a, uh, um, a regular, this I think happened after we <laughs> left. There's, I think this is the same person Hef was laughing at. Yeah, there's a regular mm-hmm. who, this came from Mary, so I'm not, they um, rolled their car up to the supply door and filled <laughs> it up with waters and the little bottles of Pepsis. And this was like a regular, regular. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this regular likes to like slam me for like writing a book and stuff, but I'm like, you were fucking stealing from him. What are you talking about? Right? <laughs> right? Most of most of his regulars, again, they were they knew they wanted that friendship with him. They weren't gonna do anything mm-hmm. to do anything. But then there were some on the fringe that just I wouldn't have thought this one would me have. Me either. Done I'm sh- this I was one... shocked when I heard about that. Yeah. So we we were surprised, but not too surprised. Yeah. I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah, <so> Interesting. So. <laughs> the other thing I want to ask you about, and this is also that same time era, were you guys aware of, of girls trying to sell tickets to the parties? Yes. Oh. We, we were aware of girls trying to sell tickets to the parties. We were also aware that the shuttles from either UCLA or from Century City, we also knew that they didn't pay the drivers very much, so people would literally stop the bus in between, <gasps> and they would give them 500 bucks to get on, because when they checked you in and gave you a wristband or whatever, they did it only at the parking lot. They didn't do it when they got to the mansion yeah. property. So we actually, Mary had a job created. My now wife, actually, that's how she she worked at the mansion for a few years during the summers. She's a teacher. And what they would do is they would have people dress up as whatever party it was. You know, like they didn't have to be scantily clad, mm-hmm. but if it was midsummers, they'd wear a nightgown or something, yeah. pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would ride the buses from 8 o'clock till like 11.30 to make sure that nobody got on. And they, would pay, they would pay them like 150 bucks a night. And then at 11.30, when the last bus came to the mansion, those they got to go and have drinks and be like guests. That's like fun. without as long as they yeah. didn't overstep, as yeah. long as they didn't try to talk to celebrities and yeah. you know bother you girls and half and stuff like that. So my my wife, that's how she started. She was a you know she was a uh, a writer. Yeah. Did you the, already know her or did? No, I knew her. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I, I was the one that um, got requested her, that her for the job. Oh, that's that's a fun job though. That is fascinating. I love the whole like spy ops element of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah you would think they could just have a table at the mansion that when everybody got off the shuttle they were like just like checking, Double checking yeah. the wristbands they didn't think about it like that they checked them at the they checked them at the UCLA, parking lot yeah. yeah and so this was just easier for them because we had you know like we had the VIP drive ups that they would do hand stamps like in the parking lot in the uh-huh. circle but it was hard to keep track of all these shuttles going in and out and yeah. I don't know if they felt it was too hard or this was the this was the best solution for them so yeah it would make it kind of lose the magic a little bit if you had to stop and check in again at the front door because there's something about like stepping into that driveway with all the Christmas lights yeah. and just walking right in yeah for sure mm-hmm. okay let's talk about we're filming now okay you have a story about how this all came to be yes well I have a story that Kevin Burns told me whether it's true or not mm-hmm. I don't know but it seems genuine let's hear it so um as you guys know we're told not to fraternize Mm -hmm. and we always kind of have to walk around on eggshells except for one night 
And the only night of the week where it's just the guys is manly night. Um, I'm sure you've explained this many times to the audience, uh, is where he has his guy friends over. It's the only night that instead of buffet style, there's an actual menu that the chefs make and we have to actually take their order like in a restaurant. Um, but it's just guys, so we don't have to worry about like watching ourselves. And Kevin Burns was a manly night guest, just like he was a card guest once in a while. And because we knew that we were safe, sometimes, because it's just the guys, the ones I always see at buffets and things like that we were a little more loose and we got to play pranks my favorite of course to play pranks on was ray (laughs) all the way ray all the way ray so ray and i have had a great relationship since i started working there Mm -hmm. you know since um i was working in the house and so i would do things around halloween i would put little um eyeballs in his soup or i put dry (laughs) ice in it and when i take off the when i take off the top it would be this bubbling, brooding yeah. mess. I think my favorite one was it was Ray's birthday, and it was right after the shirtless Justin Timberlake Rolling Stone cover came out, like the iconic Justin Timberlake Rolling Stone cover, and it was Ray's birthday on that Monday. So I, his favorite cake was the banana cake. So I took the banana cake, and I cut it in a cylinder to kind of look like a penis. <laughs> And I took two grapes, and I made balls, and I put a little whipped cream on top, and then I put a candle in it. And I took, I cut out the, uh, we had a Rolling Stone lying around. So I cut out the Justin Timberlake picture and I put it on the plate and it said happy, and I put a little, I took a mansion pad and I put happy birthday Ray, like a a word bubble. And it said, blow me dot, dot, dot out like the candle. (laughs) Yeah. That is funny. And it was, you know, DeAndre was with me and and, uh, another uh, butler, my friend Christian. And I was the shift leader back then. And I said, there's no girls here. I said, this is going to be hilarious. So I told DeAndre, you get the camera. And I'm going to take it out because Ray, of course, famously always sat to the right of Hef. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to put it right in between them. And I said, I guarantee Hef is going to crack up. (laughs) And they were too scared. They're like, nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. So I said, look, I'm the shift leader. I take full responsibility. If anyone gets in trouble, it's just me. You guys were following my orders. And they're like, okay. So I walk out with it, and Hef sees it, and Ray sees it, and Hef laughs so hard he almost <laughs> fell off of his chair. Oh, no. I can picture it. He almost fell off of his chair, and then afterwards, he had all the guys come over with the cake and Justin Timberlake in front of him and take a big group photo. We hope you guys enjoyed our catch-up session with Bryant as much as we did. We had so much fun. We were talking to him for hours, so we're just going to take a break here, and we will be back with lots of fun and juicy mansion stories next week. And as always, if you guys want more content, hit us up at Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.